Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Game of Life. Daniel, please introduce our new guest. You've been geeking about him for a fucking week. Please <laughs> introduce our guest, sir. We have comedy royalty Ooh, on the podcast today. Wowzies. In fact, I think everywhere he goes, yeah. whatever room he walks in, People bow down. He, he insists that he... He's known as comedy royalty. Wow! Does does the does, is there a background music when you? I'm 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 on. <laughs> iconic, yeah. National treasure, yes. yes national sir. treasure, exactly. Um, empresario, mm, yeah. is that all right? Is sure, use sure, correctly. Why not? Yeah. Uh, anyway, keep on going with the um, <laughs> with the intro because the more you say, the less I have to. Well, we're joined by Colin Lane oh, today. Yep, one half of um, Lane and Woodley. Yes. Uh, Tick. Frequent collaborator with David Hobson. Tick. And David Collins as well. Yeah. You love all the Davids. Yep. Yeah. I do. David David Cassidy, David Soul, <laughs> uh, and even people that uh, Harmon has heard of. Yes. Um, <laughs> which is which is quite. David nice. Walsh, has he got the guy that runs Mona? I have no idea. Okay. See, I'm 32. Oh, I would, you're 32 I would, and yeah, Harmon, how old are you? I'm 25. 25. <laughs> yes, sir. There's been a horrible mistake. Yes. Well, now you're in it. You can't you can't go up now. Uh, right. <laughs> Good luck for the next 32 hour. and 25. Okay. Well, okay, I've got to get my references into the 21st century, don't I? Well, the one no, thing well, well, the one thing I love about this podcast, we've brought on so many different comedians, Australian mm, comedians. Yeah. For the podcast, and Harmon's only been in this country for 6, six years. years. So yep. it's been like an introduction to Australian comedy. Yes. Fresh out of the boat. Oh, Where yeah. are you from, sir? Uh, North India, sir. North of India. North, Northern India. Northern India. Northern India. Yes. And you came from there to Australia. Yes. Right. Not a lot of Australian comedy on TV when you were a teenager? Absolutely no. no. I thought that Australians were like Americans because we grew up watching American cinema. We were influenced by Hollywood and uh, I grew up listening to, you know, American uh, hip-hop rap. And when I came here, I was like, what is this? It's so much different than what we saw because you would imagine that everything here would be some similar to what America is. But I've 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 enjoyed thoroughly my last six years. It would have been no Australian films at all. No, I hadn't. We had no concept of Australian films mm, back then. Mm, mm, mm. Well, that's that's it's it's completely acceptable. That's yeah. uh, that's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, so you. What? Dan is saying, let's get this guy from Lana Woodley on, and you're yes. going, sure, but <laughs> who, who the, the hell, hell is he? Yeah, is he? exactly. And why yeah. we got him on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and I feel like, you know, you've got a pretty decent stare yes. going yeah. on. It, do and I? there's a little twinkle in your eye, but there's also just a little bit of, well, you better be good. Yeah. <laughs> because this is our podcast, and it's number 49, and, <laughs> you know, we've been going a while, so we know what we're doing. Absolutely. So Dan has kind of talked me into having you on. Mm. And uh, so far, you haven't really done I love that much that's <laughs> that interesting. I love how you peeling layer by layer what we're actually doing. I love that. Yep. Thank you. What are you actually doing? Uh, not much at the moment. <laughs> not much. No, no, I wouldn't say not much. Is this what podcasts much. are? Don't you ask questions and we yeah, and we, we talk no, and no, we no, just no. do this for an hour? Absolutely not. I hate podcasts. You hate podcasts. I hate, Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> I hate podcasts that sounds like interview. I hate oh, podcasts. Oh, I see. You want I to be want more like a conversation? Conversation. Yeah, exactly. Conversation, yeah. darling. Yeah. Yes, sir. A bit more kind of just open-ended and, yeah, yeah, open-ended, yeah. it's just a chat. It's yeah. just a yarn. Chat. It's, it's just, just a, a friendly chat between three people that have never met, met each other each before. Other and don't know about, don't yeah. know anything about. Yeah. Yeah. 
This podcast is called Zero Report. <laughs> how would you? Ex- hey, no questions. No, no. Hey, what's you he doing? Dan, He's just contradicting the whole. Uh, come on. Construct that you've that you've. We've built. We've built. Yes. Yeah. yeah. From forty He's deconstructs. No, I'm, the, I'm the one who deconstructs. He's deconstructing yeah. your construct. Yes. Jeez. Well, it's funny it's because there's a. He's confl- a deconstructor. Constructor. Yep. Because Harmon's very interested in photography mm, mm. and bunch and, of other things and yeah. finance and academia, philosophy and philosophy. So, so it's trying to meet those, you know, comedy and all that stuff that you're interested in together. Mm, mm. Co- Two kids who generally don't know what they're doing in life started a podcast. Yep. And we talk to people and hopefully we hope that somewhere along the lines we learn something from our guests. Yep. yep. That's why we're doing it. Well, you've picked the wrong guest. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. We, yeah. Go on, please go on. No, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> how go would on you, with what? Yep. I'm going to ask you a question regardless. Great. How would you explain Lena Woodley to someone who has never heard of Lena Woodley? Yeah, well, um, I was just uh, somebody asked me the other day to just write a couple of quotes about our experiences at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah, mm. uh, because we went there quite a few years ago and did quite well. And and she's writing this article. She's the cat's mother, and this lady. Well, her name's Anita, and she wanted a couple of quotes. And at the time when we were in Edinburgh, a lot of our humour is slapstick and it's it's not stand-up comedy where we talk about, you know, this is how we see the world and this is what we think and isn't that weird and have you ever noticed and that kind of stuff. It's a a relationship comedy where Frank and I are in uh, on adventures together Mm. and, and I have grand plans and he tries to sabotage them Should you know down, which yeah. which works great yeah and has been working great for a number of years but when we went to scotland and england and a few european countries we kept on saying that our humor is quite daggy mm. and nobody in europe knows what that means yeah what's daggy well daggy unfortunately is an australianism which means the pooey little woolen thing that hangs off mm. the back of a sheep's bum that they cut off so it doesn't get infected. Isn't yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's a colloquialism of Australia, which means inoffensive, um, unaggressive, uh, fun, funny, um, hijinks, you know, silliness, naivety. Mm. Um, did I say naivety twice? No, Maybe. no. Just uh, anyway, that's what Daggy is and it was quite hard to describe that kind of form of humour to people in Europe that don't even use that yeah. word. So we're quite daggy. Mm. Uh, I think in the beginning uh, we used to call ourselves childlike yeah. but we kind of tried to dissipate with that kind of description throughout the years because, you know, I mean I'm 58 and... Frank's 56-ish and, you know, in our 40s and 50s, childlike was just we didn't really want to make that a selling point. Yeah. Uh, so naive but not kind of childlike. Goofy. Goofy. Mm. Um, but but we've we've evolved over, over the years and we used to be a trio back in the day, back in the late 80s when your mum probably wasn't even born. Yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, we were a trio and it was kind of like, Scott, the other guy that was in the trio called Found Objects, 
Scott was like the big brother. I was like the middle brother and Frank was like the the baby brother. Mm. So really naive, really innocent. And then when kind of Scott left, I, I kind of took on the persona of the bossy kind of big brother and then Frank just stayed as the little brother kind of innocent, naive. But at the same time, innocent, naive in that not women but a certain proportion of the audience kind of go, oh, he's such a dickhead, but I kind of want to take him home and wrap him in a blanket <laughs> and protect him. Hmm. So there's a lovability to his naivety. Lovability. It's not, although it, 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 it it's an interesting dynamic because uh, when I'm on stage with Frank, the audience, he, he can go on and on and on and on with a routine or a joke. And just at the time that the audience kind of wants him to shut up, I say, shut up, Frank, yeah. and that releases the tension, you know, in that in that kind of dynamic. So in some ways I kind of act as the audience's... Uh, pressure valve. Pressure valve. There you go. Excellent. Thank you. I love how you can come up with intellectual uh, words, words <laughs> <laughs> to help me finish my uh, my, my concept it, it, It's speeches. considered rude, but it's uh, it, it comes natural to me. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Is it considered rude, guys, to no. finish someone's sentence? Mm. Oh. It is. I, I don't think so, really. I think if there's a pause, then go right in. Yeah. yeah but, if, but if you're constantly yeah. finishing people's sentences by interrupting them, that's then true. that can be a little bit combative. Yeah. Combative. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're, well, you're welcome. Do you so, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, slapsticky uh we we grew up watching a lot of uh, slapsticky kind of stuff, and we wanted to do stuff on stage uh, that was a little less kind of knowing and a bit more of a story where you can put the audience into a completely different world. Yeah, mm. it's a, just a pure escape for them. Come in and watch two dickheads running around for an hour, and you forget. We don't do stuff about COVID or climate change or not that they're not important topics, but it's just Lano and Woodley-centric yeah. and Lano and Woodley world for that hour and it's a complete escape for people. Yeah. Do, do you think Lano and Woodley, if you were starting today, do you think it would be hard to start today? Um, I was actually listening to, what's his name? Um, far Out. Finish my sentence. Um, <laughs> tall, red-headed guy, Conan O'Brien. Yeah. He was talking to uh, David Byrne. Yeah. And Conan O'Brien was kind of going, I, I don't know what I would do if I started now. Mm. Um, I, I think there's just so much more stuff. Yeah. So in some ways uh, when we first started there was a huge uh, growth and explosion of uh, stand-up comedy in Australia and around the world. But there was there was a, a, a big kind of fast growth, but it was mainly just stand-ups. And so if you were doing a lineup show where there were six people on, everybody else would be a singular stand-up. And then we would come on, two people, maybe Frank had a guitar, or back in the day there were three of us, and Scott or Frank had a guitar, and people in the audience just went, Oh, there's three of them. Yeah. This is different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we already kind of had created a nice little 
bit of excitement in their heads and uh, in the audience mm. just because we're, we're a point of difference. Yeah. I want to ask, <clears throat> what does what is comedy? Oh. And hold on. What, what, what is, is poetry? <laughs> <laughs> yes. What is comedy? And what was comedy for people back then? And how, is, how, how has the meaning of comedy changed over the years till today? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <Jace>. <laughs> uh, um, um, are you going to cut out all these ums? No. no, right. no is this no. part of it? I know. This is yeah. part of the charm yes. or just part of the, part like, of the experience. Oh, he's not actually as smart as I thought he was. <laughs> uh, how has comedy changed? What is comedy? What was the question again? What is comedy? Okay, let's start with that. What oh. is comedy? What do you think is comedy? Because I heard, what is that? Um, comedy is just more than jokes, is it? Talk to me about that. Uh, well, I, I think that that's one of the most uh, important things that uh, comedians don't think about. I mean, I'm, I don't believe what I'm saying today. I don't believe all of it. <laughs> But I'm just making it as up as I go. Okay, so it's not going to be transcribed yeah. and put yeah. into Why? the like. This is the wisdom of C. Yeah. Lane, yeah. Yeah. and he thinks that all of this is true and accurate. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of thought that should be put into just the actual performance of it. How you hold a mic, how you speak into the mic, what your persona is, how you carry yourself. Mm what kind of person you are. Jokes are very important. They're vitally important. But I think in some ways I think there's a lot more comedians these days that just – people talk about funny bones, mm. you know, when uh, – Jim Owen can come on stage and raise an eyebrow and make a thousand people laugh. Yeah. But other people could come on and be a different persona and tell the same jokes and it wouldn't work at all. So it's 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 a lot about the jokes, but it's also a lot about your connection. Your, uh, you know, there was a, I think there was a, a, a girl called Bronwyn Cuss 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 yeah Bronwyn yeah. Cuss mm. who I hope it was her. She did the comedy festival gala this year, and she came on and she didn't say anything for about thirty seconds. Yeah, just creating nice tension in the audience. A uh, few little nervous giggles. That kind of stuff, and then after about forty seconds, she just went, oh, "I'll start." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a tequila song. Just, yeah. just, just a nice little kind of frisson uh, that wow. caused this little kind of ripple of like, "Oh, are she, are we in good hands?" Or what's she going to do? And that kind of stuff. And it's, I think, uh, back in the day, comedians were a little bit more about coming out and attack. Hmm. Yeah, um, aggressive. Not aggressive, well, but just come out and loud and this is how it is. Yeah. Listen to me, listen up. Um, whereas now there's a lot more kind of um, subtleties and complexities with uh, with pop, what people are doing. Or not, yeah. maybe. Uh, but off the top of my head, I would say that that's probably what's changed. And also the diversity is so much better and the, the diversity of voices from all around the world and from different races and creeds and sexualities and subjects and it's re there's really interesting stuff out there. Not that I listen to it or know anything about it, um, yeah. but I've seen some. What What would you go and see at the Melbourne Comedy Festival? Uh, stuff that I can get free tickets to. <laughs> um, stuff that my wife can get me into. Yeah. 
I I like colour and movement. Mm. I do like I, I I respect the art of stand up. Yeah. But I don't want to watch one person for an hour. Yeah. Uh, I do like it when people say my show's forty five minutes, and I go great. Yeah. Because I think you can watch experts probably do an hour, but I think there's a little bit of uh, an expectation that people have to do an hour, and mm. I don't think people should do an hour. Would you if rather they're just, if they're just starting out? Would you rather see a lineup show? Yeah, I'd be quite happy yeah. seeing a lineup show. I like color and movement. I like I like wacky. Yeah, I like a, an arc. Uh, but at the same time, I do like sixty minutes of just beautiful, well written jokes yeah. that don't have any arc or narrative whatsoever. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Ah, uh, I went to see Daniel Kitson. I went to see Laura Davis. I went to see Tim Key. I went to see Oliver Coleman. Uh, oh, that was a confronting show, actually, Oliver's. Oliver Coleman? Because he would basically. Well, he's kind of anti-comedy or exactly, de- deconstructionist yeah. comedy. Yeah. I mean, I went and saw his show last year. I think I only saw one show. And uh, he's not my favourite. He's just, he's, he's good. Yeah. I like him. <laughs> um, I mean, who, who has favourites? What is favourite? What does favourite mean? Um, I walked into the theatre and there was a guy dressed as a shark in the last row. Yeah. And I just went, great start. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. I love it. I love it already. Yeah. There's there's something that's Some, more than just a microphone and a light. Something out of the norm. Yeah. And every 20 minutes or so the Jaws music would come on and the guy would stand up dressed as a shark and walk two rows towards the stage and then sit down again. And then he did that about four or five times and then he came up on stage and there was a kerfuffle at the end and it was it was great. There was kind of a movement. And so you believe in authentic expression of self or, you know, the artist or the comedian. Yeah, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, what, what does the authentic... Authentic expression, like whatever you're thinking, whatever you want to say, just you say it regardless of um, how... But isn't that what all... Is. Isn't that what all art or enjoyment in life is is, is a prerequisite. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. has to be authentic. 100%. But this is what I was going to ask you, that do you think because of... Can you be an inauthentic comedian still be funny? Mm, that's a really good question. I like that. Can mm. you be an authentic comedian? Can I you be an... In, I mean, but one, one person's at, inauthentic is another person's authentic. That's true. People are very good at picking up, picking that out. Audiences are very good and quick at pick, and I always yeah. say that comedy yeah. is the is the quickest feedback art form. It's very quick. It's immediate. You can you know you feel connection with the audience. Or you you know. certainly know when that jo- if that joke works or not or not. Yeah, absolutely. Or not. It's it's and and that's that's what is very uh, uh, expedient when when it comes to comedy is that you write a show and then the first time you do it, the audience just acts as this kind of weird. Um, conglomeration of persons that turn into one director, mm. and then at the end of that show, you just go, "Oh, wow, that bit, that didn't, that did, bit didn't, didn't work, work. didn't yeah. work." Mm. But then, as Frank liked to loves to tell uh, Marx Brothers stories, Marx Brothers, they were three or four guys that did a lot of um, comedies in the twenties, thirties, and forties in film, Oof. yeah, uh, and uh, they would rehearse to the bejesus their films on stage and then shoot them as films. Mm. But one night 
you know, they would do a show in front of a thousand people that was based on all the jokes they were going to use in the film and the audience hated it and then they went across the road to a different, different audience and they loved it. Yeah. So there's this weird kind of little cosmos of um, ESP, uh, flotsam, jetsam floating over everybody's head, heads in the foyer about what kind of audience they're going to be. Mm. And then sometimes you just you, you just go oh, I just, oh it's just not working because it's a Sunday afternoon that's true and then people are a bit disappointed they have to go back to work tomorrow so they're not going to be as rowdy as a Friday night audience and all that kind of stuff but it, it is very immediate it very is. and that's uh, sometimes cruel and crushing mm-hmm. but also uh, quick cut to the chase yeah. Mm, mm. Did you ever have no. heated arguments with Frank? Uh, no. Did you say that's a good one? <laughs> <laughs> I does it because, all the time. Does it all do you the have time? heated arguments? Me and Dad? Of course. Of, of course, course we do. Yeah. I, don't, I, I actually don't really would. like him. <laughs> you don't really like him. No. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't. I. Uh, I, I there's no hard and fast rules. There's no hard and fast kind of theories about stand-ups and it's all so kind of um, esoteric and uh, I wish I had another word, better word than esoteric. Uh, can't think of one. Um, you know, because there was rumours about Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. They were a very famous comedy duo in the States in the 40s, 50s, 60s mm-hmm. and they were known to be very combative and uh, argue a lot and that kind of stuff. But I think Frank and I are just not that kind of people. Mm. We don't we don't really get aggro. We don't really get kind of angry and hard as it might be to understand. It's really hard to be creative and funny and to take risks and to let yourself fail and to crap on and be silly if you're aggro and yeah i mean i might be pissed off i might be annoyed i might be um you know frank and i developed this kind of passive aggressive way of coping with conflicts when later in our careers we would say yeah i was a little bit confused (laughs) about why you did that on stage tonight which means i was a bit angry pissed off you know um but if you just go, I was a little bit confused about why you just kept on doing that thing. But that's the yin and the yang of a, yeah. a, a, a of a duo, and that's the that's the the different minds and different attitudes that you weren't really getting into deeply when you started out because the rules were different. But then you refine and you reflect and you mature as performers. Back in the day, it was just try and get away with it. Yeah. And do it as much energy and as loudly and as quick as you can, and then you refine it a bit, and then you learn that you know you you're not as young and fit and energetic as you used to be. So you have to rely more on the jokes than the kind of physicality of it. But essentially, what I'm trying to say is that Frank would love to do mucking around improv and go off script sometimes a little, sometimes a lot. And sometimes I would get a bit pissed off at that because I just go, let's just do an hour of great jokes fast, yeah. 
all the jokes that we know have worked that we've refined over the last year. Mm -hmm. Let's just give people their money's worth and just go bang with an hour of just hope to God that we actually make a few people in the audience go, can you stop? Because <laughs> I am i can't physically laugh anymore. I want, I want that. But then at the same time, the magic that can come out of Frank's dalliances with whatever enters his head at the time can yeah. be take it to another level. But sometimes it doesn't go to that level mm. and he kind of fails with the improv. But at the same time, if you've got five or 800 people watching you that already like you, they'll let you get away with it. Yeah. But at the end of the show, a couple of them will be going, oh, he did meander a little bit there. And But, you know, you've got to be able to, you've got to, and a lot of our jokes come out of that kind of improv. Yes, yeah. You've got to... Um, You've got to muck around to improve the show. Well, every yeah. crowd's different as well, which may alter a show in some regards. Yeah. Because I remember when I saw you two in Moby Dick, yeah. I took a friend, Seth, mm -hmm. uh, former guest of the show, um, and he's got a very distinct laugh. Yes. Um, more of a cackle, a lady's cackle. Very loud, very distinct. And we saw that show at the Comedy Theatre and – you two actually stopped for a second and paused and looked over in our direction. Yeah. <laughs> Which sort of threw, threw the show off a little bit. Yeah. So every crowd is different as well. So you've got to, yes. I suppose, allow for for that sort of improv. Yeah, but at, the, but at the same time, without letting out, you know, stage secrets, sometimes you get to the stage where you might be doing a show for a few weeks and you get to the stage where you're on the stage and if somebody does that, you just go, oh, thank God, that's different. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you get to the point where you just go, the last thing that we want to do is the show. Yeah. Because mm. we just did it last night. So yeah. we know how it goes. Yeah. So what we want tonight is for there to be something wrong or something weird so we can both go, oh, oh, look at that person. <laughs> and then it creates excitement in us and it creates a vibe in the audience where they go, oh, I don't think that happened. Mm. That's happened before. Mm. And it, it it just uh, creates a little bit of a spark within yeah. your heads and the audiences. Mm, mm, Why mm, did you two break up mm, then? Mm, mm. Why? Why did you two break up? Why did you two break up? Uh, Frank said. Frank said, "Imagine going backpacking with your best friend in Europe for f twenty years. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 fun for a while, but." Um, It was, it was a nice little round figure of 20 years. You know, this is a bit of a kind of showbiz kind of story slash joke, but it's you get to the point where you're getting on a plane and you're checking in and the person behind the counter says, oh, it's a full flight, we can't sit you together. And we both go, that's fine. We don't, we don't need, we don't need to be together all the time. Yeah. Um, are you and Frank great mates? Yeah, we're great mates, but I don't go to his house for dinner. Yeah. I don't socialise with him. Yeah. Um, we work together. We have fun together. We respect each other. We work. We, we're with comedy makers, theatre makers, as people like to say these days. Theatre maker. He's a theatre maker. Um, we're comedy makers. <laughs> um, but I think at that point... <laughs> Well, how truthful do you want to be on the podcast? Because it's 
you know, it's it's um, in perpetuity. Is that the right mm. word? It's it's there forever, or yeah. you know, people can listen to this for posterity or perpetuity. One of the two. Um, forever. Uh, you know how truthful can I be? But there's a certain stage where you, you can't get a TV show, you can't get a film. Mm. You're too old to travel overseas. We've got kids in school and everything. So do you just write another show and then tour it? Yeah. And then you write another show and then you tour it. Yeah. And still you can't get on the telly and you can't get a meeting with anybody and then you just go, well, we're just repeating ourselves. We, we And leave while the going's good. Don't yeah. leave when the other prick shits you to tears. Yeah. And then after about uh, 2006 and then 2016, 2017, we found out that we couldn't do anything else. <laughs> So well, we had to get back together. You no, say, you, we could do other stuff. You say that because just, what I love about you two is the what you did outside of Lena and Woodley as let's well. Talk about you, Harmon. Yeah, <laughs> because you you went off and did a show with David Hobson. You went off and did Simon Gallagher's show. You did Curtains, which I loved that you were in that as well. Oh yeah, the production was, company. I saw that. that yeah, and what Frank has done, he did. He had his own sitcom, but you've both done shows as solo performers at the comedy festival yeah. as well so but it's not as much fun it's not as mm. you're, you and you're not and you're not the boss yeah right yeah so not that i want to be the boss i don't want to be you know the the boss man of everything but it's just when it's like frank did a couple of shows and i probably did as well but more so frank when he was more of the like he, i don't want to mention the show but he had a major part in a show and he goes, that bit isn't working to the director. And the director goes, you, you have to do it tomorrow night. And Frank just goes, I don't want to do it because it's not working. Yeah. And the director goes, well, it's in the script. You have to keep on doing it because if you change that, then we're going to have to change that and that and that and that and that. That's and then he just goes, I don't want to do it every night. But with me and him doing a show, we yeah. just go, we'll yeah. just cut that bit. Yeah, that flex great. flexibility. We'll just cut that bit. Yeah. And then when you do that, don't do this, do that. Oh, okay, yep. Um. And I think not that we're control freaks, but it's you're you're the boss man of writing, creating, inventing, designing. What do you want to do with the set? Oh, what about what about we put big sails up that look like the sail on a ship? Oh, okay. Well, no. what do you want to do? What do you want to do that? Oh, maybe maybe we'll make it a curve. Maybe that's interesting. Maybe we'll do a curve. It's it's just so great to be a little, as Frank calls it, a little cottage industry where you're. Mm. And being on stage and working with him is, you know, just a joy. Mm. Being on stage, watching him in full flight and you, I don't think we ever, I don't think we get nervous now. You just kind of go out and you just go, I think I think we know what we're doing. Do you think you're, now that you're. Let's talk about you, Harm. <laughs> we will in a sec. We will. What comedy do you like? Yeah, go on. Yeah, no, he had a question. I think no, 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 no. Don't no, deflect. Okay. Spotlights on Mr. Teflon Man. <laughs> Teflon Man, I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna he's Teflon Man. Teflon. Nothing sticks, and he I'll you rather, can cook I'd with him quite a, well. Yeah. I'd rather be a cast iron man. Teflon isn't good for you. Uh, oh, isn't it? No, it's not. Is it? Um, Brings down your Is it uh, uh, not caustic? It's um, toxic. It is toxic. A bit like. Britney Spears. <laughs> yes. um, hey, hey, heard of her? Good. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. Excellent. <clears throat> ding, ding. You don't like what? I didn't say anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what don't you like? Uh, what do you like comedy? I do, absolutely. And Dan introduced me to comedy here. Mm -hmm. um, big fan of people who 
say things that are true. Mm -hmm. Comedians do say things that are true, but that are true and harsh and out there. I like dark comedy. I love dark uh -huh. comedy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. my comedy. But you like silly comedy as well because we had Gary Starr on oh, yeah. recently as as well. Yes. Just, just, I haven't it, seen him, but I've heard he's pretty you good. You should. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Just One. a clown in every sense of the word. I think that's just yeah. being human. I think everyone would enjoy that yeah. show. I don't think I would find anyone who's like, oh, what kind of show is that? But everyone would enjoy that show. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. Yes. Uh, apart from being a performer, mm -hmm. what do you do? What do you enjoy? Uh, what are your uh, hobbies? Uh, you hobbies. <laughs> what, what is that? What are you passionate outside of performing? Hobbies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What do you do to switch off yourself from the world? Ego. I have. I. I don't work that much, <laughs> so I'm switched off quite a lot. <laughs> My partner would say, "How about you switching on, <laughs> um, like mate?" Uh, what have you got on tomorrow? Not much. Um, what have you got next week? Uh, not, not. I'm doing a podcast <laughs> on Saturday. Um, my partner says that um, I've got enough clubs. Hmm. Um, I do uh, run around an oval uh, twice a week with a few blokes, and we kick the footy. We don't play football in a match, hmm. but we just train like we would play, but we never play. So. <laughs> We just—it's called circle work. Yeah, and you run around in a circle with between twenty and thirty-five guys, and I kick to Harmon, and then you, and then Dan runs past, and you handball it to him, and mm -hmm. then Dan and then Dan kicks it to another guy, and then he and then if you want to run hard, Is that called catch. <laughs> no, it's called footy, <laughs> mate. It's called footy, mate. <laughs> um, but you just run around in circles, kicking and handballing, and you can run as much as you want, or you can just kick and. Talk a bit if you want, but I do that a couple of times a week. I travel as much as I can. I look after my children. I'm in a book club that I call Stupid Fucking Book Club. <laughs> oh. um, I've read more books in the last five years than I have in my life, which is very interesting. Um, not that I don't uh, like females, but it is just a men's book club. I don't know why, but we do that about every six weeks. Yeah. Uh, I play poker with uh, a few other comedians. Nice. Um, which is terrific, mm. um, which I've been doing probably for <sighs> Rusty Berthus gear, we little guys, um, yep. a few a couple of comedy writers, other comedians, actors, just civilians. Um, we've been playing poker. Before it, before it was groovy, we were playing mm. poker probably. I mean, I've started playing with my father back when I was a teenager and brought me even 10-year-old and then started playing with these boys probably late 80s, early 90s, I guess, mm. and we still play and have one poker weekend away every year. Are you any good? No, I'm not that good, which <laughs> is a little bit disappointing, but good for my friends <laughs> because I give them, you know, it's like a 50-buck ante and you get 50 bucks worth of chips and sometimes you might buy in again and take 50. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you're down 150, that's Jeez, a that's, bit embarrassing. That's, that's like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. Mm. Um, I'm a bit kind of, I'm more like broke, break even or lose 20. Rarely I would come out and go, oh, I'm up 80. You should play blackjack then. Blackjack, we do. Yeah, blackjack is good. We don't, we don't play that as much as we used to. Oh. We play guts. What's that? Um, 
we play uh, AC Doocy, um, where you get dealt like a, a, a ten and a ace, and then you have to bet whether the next card is going to be in between the ten, 10 and the ace. Yes. Oh. And so if it's if it's like outside the ten or the ace, you put that amount that you bet into the middle. Yes. But if you get a ten and you've already got a ten, you have to pay double what's Whoa. in the middle. I didn't get that, but very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so poker is good. Films are good. Books. Walking is good. Riding is good. Um, eating is good. Yeah. Drinking wine and eating is good. Reading the paper is good, but sometimes a bit depressing. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you. I want to know your thoughts on what's going around the world. Are you are you updated on what's going around the world? Lots There's... of planets and stars, I would suspect. <laughs> yes. Did you listen to the... <laughs> You see what he did there? Yep. Yep. See, I love it. The Dan is going, ha, ha, and you're just going. Oh, this is disappointing. Muhammad's yeah. a deep and philosophical thing. He is. Yeah, yeah, he I is. Am. I just default into that. I don't know why. Mm. Not a funny guy. Are you Can the kind you of guy teach- that goes to a comedy show and goes, mm, funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. I am. Mm, my sides are splitting, but not actually laughing no, ever. No, no. Um, that, that would that would de- that would kind of debase that's yourself. Why I, I a little, sit at the back as like I don't want to yeah. people to see my face. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Yeah. Are you though? I am. Or is he? I am. Uh, or am I? No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the whistleblower US whistleblower about the aliens UFOs being? Uh... I saw something about it. I decided not to. I do waste a lot of time on the Twitter <laughs> and the um, uh, Instagram. This is got to stop. Um, the you know the flick the flick the scroll. Mm. Um, the politician that said that the Americans have got UFOs in their possession. Mm. I heard what they were saying, but I didn't listen to it. Okay, cool. Because I just went, that's just you're just a dumb dumb head, <laughs> and it's yeah. just another that's little just one person, another little nail in the coffin. Well, no, of it was three American people. politics. Oh yeah, well yes, three people. I. Here's something interesting. Artificial mm. intelligence, the actors and writers are striking over in America right now and mm. artificial mm. intelligence is a big part of it. Is that something you're fearful of? I fear for my kids. I fear for the future generations, yes. I feel as though hopefully it's not going to affect me too much. Uh, I, do, I, I, I am... Uh, I am inspired uh, what's the term i am heartened yeah. by the fact that in that billion dollar industry in america people can still strike mm. i think that's cause for hope that yeah. people can just go no that's fucked that's enough we're not going to put up with this shit anymore mm. and they can really rally around and cause a scene and and cause grief to the to the to the powers that be in the multinationals. I really like that. That gives me hope. Um, it's a little bit demoralising or depressing that Australia probably can't do that because mm. of the size of the industry. Mm. Um, but I do I, – I, it's hard to understand. I mean, obviously, I'm not an expert. I don't run Paramount. I don't run Netflix. I don't. I can kind of understand what they're doing. They're trying to make as much money as they possibly can, and they're running a business. and Good on them. 
But at some point, they, aren't they going to run out of ideas? Mm. Or people are going to have to put a caveat on films, comedy, TV and just go AI, like this little circle with AI down the bottom yeah. left-hand corner saying this was written with AI. Yeah. So people won't. People will start to just go, well, I'm not paying 30 bucks a month for Netflix, Netflix mm. because I think I should only pay 10 Mm. And then people will just go. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm cancelling my subscription completely. Do you, Do you think it will entice more people to flock to go and see uh, live events, like live comedy? Yeah, I, I think so. It'll be a bit more kind of truthful and um, with a bit more integrity. Yeah, plays and uh, stories, and uh, I think that's that's what's great about music. It still thrives. I mean, but pe- people said that the film industry would vanish when tv came and people went no no we still love the cinema experience mm. and we still love that commitment to that hour and a half or two hours of that story told by that person or that group of people and i will commit to that story mm. and um and i do you know there's an interesting debate about you know conf- a lot of those creatives just went well i can tell a story over 10 episodes instead of one, two hours or, or, or annoyingly seven series and I just go, no, thanks. <laughs> but to actually confine, and confine your thought processes and choices into an hour and a half or two hours, I think is, a, is it a more refined skill or is it just a different skill? I don't know. Mm, maybe. I, I, I do yeah. kind of maybe I respect it a little bit more because you've actually had to make much more um, – uh, definite, definitive decisions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. This podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite. I'm. I'm I, still a little bit worried about Harmon. Yeah, no, whether no, I'm the right no, choice no. to be on your pod. Your no. pl- as the two guys from. Have you ever seen a show called Oh Hello <laughs> on Broadway? Oh Have you yes, seen it? I've seen it. Of course, I've seen that. Yeah, good. of course, I've seen it. It's yes. Very good. <laughs> John just... Mulaney and I don't know what the other guy um, is. But Nick Kroll. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah. On Broadway. Anyway, they chart. They started oh, a really? podcast and they used to call it. This is our podcast. Have you <laughs> um, ever done any podcasts in recent time? Like, have you? I haven't know? done many. I've probably done. You did Dave O'Neill's one. I saw that. I did that. I did that. I've probably done three or four. Yeah, you I don't do pod- many. I did a yeah. no. Why not? Why don't you do? Lack of confidence. Mm. Oh, I did or- one. I did one about my favorite album, and I talked about an Elton John album called yeah. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. And I just went on it and just went, it's not your fucking favourite album. <laughs> got no idea. You don't even know anything about the album. And I just went, oh, this will be fun. And I think that scared me a bit. Yeah. What, why us then? Why you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, What yeah. was your motivation to do this podcast then? Boredom. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think sometimes you just have to take a risk. Yeah. And uh you know, I think it came through maybe my agent, it came through my agent and uh my wife said, "What are you doing?" and I go, "Oh, I might do this podcast." And she and I go, "I don't know whether I'll do. It. I don't know who the guys are and that kind of stuff." And she goes, "Well, what else are you doing?" <laughs> and I go, "Well, yeah, good point. It 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 um you have to keep uh kind of creatively fit I mm. guess and you have to you know people talk a lot about you've got to fail occasionally yes. um hopefully I haven't failed today no. but um <clears throat> you got to get out there yeah you got to get out there you got to go to you got to go to you got to go and see, see a show 
You never know what's going to happen. You might see somebody in the foyer. Go and see your podcast, talk to Harmon and Dan, and then in a month's time I'll see you out and about and we'll go, yeah, I've been going? there. Been hey, there. How are you going? How's yeah. your philosophy going? Oh, hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I saw you in passing briefly <clears throat> when you're in the foyer with David Hobson at the Frankston Arts Centre. Yes, yes. I think that's how we sort of recognise. Well, yep. I recognise you obviously, but I think that's how you recognise me. Right. So, yep. Let's let's talk about David Hobson. Oh, do we For, have to? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. What have you got written on your? What, what, let's talk about <laughs> philosophy. Um, Okay. Are you studying well, or are you just doing logistics, you two? I am studying life. I'm just kidding. Studying life. <laughs> <laughs> studying um, life. I'm, life, st- life, I'm studying life, life actually. You're studying um, life. Hans a photographer. Not, I am. Well, I am photographer. I, I work as well. Um, I have a podcast. Um, bunch of the, other the, things. This one or you've got another one? This one. Okay. Yeah, this one. I hope yeah. you don't have another one. What do you mean? Been doing other podcasts <laughs> behind my back. So I don't no, know I, um, no, 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 man. Look, um, doing a- this one's an, this one's enough. This one's enough. <laughs> I I, correct me if I'm wrong. I, this has been. I like what you said there. I, I don't know if you, if you actually said this. You want to be in an enormously safe space when you can say anything and feel a lot because for one idea you've got to have ten shit ideas. You said that. Uh, does it make sense? It does. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I said it. I think we. we <laughs> I said it. <laughs> Talk to me about this. Uh, safe space. Is there? A, I'm sorry. Is there a safe space for comedians out there? Do you reckon? Uh, is or is it? Is the material getting too PG these days? Oh. And that also brings back to my point of authentic expression of yourself. Well, uh, I don't know. Ah! Um, I don't really want to get sh- shot down in flames, but in some ways, I th- I am I think a an exponent. No, I'm a uh, I'm one of the people that think that you can kind of make jokes about anything, mm-hmm. and if they're funny enough and they're told and they're authentic yes. and well written, and you're not being cruel or racist or you can't just come out and go all people all uh, people are like this because you mm. know but you have to be you have to be clever you have to be but i think that you can pretty much do jokes about anything yes to Should to it- to, a, to, a, to a certain degree but i think ricky gervais is you know he's a very interesting character um polarizing divisive hugely successful um comedian who's doing jokes about stuff and I just go, ooh, but then I'm interested, I'm 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 drawn in. Absolutely. I'm com- I feel a com compelment, a co- compilation, a, a compel um, accomplishment? Is that what you were saying? <laughs> Is that what you were saying? Compulsion. <laughs> Compulsion. Compulsion yeah. to keep Compul- listening. Ah, um bad. Uh, PG oh look it reminds me a bit of when I did a few morning shows on the TV, some better than others, and you, you might be doing a chat show, morning show, and you're the comedian and then you do a different kind of morning show where you're a comedian yeah. but you're also like a spokesperson mm. as well about the zeitgeist of society mm. and people would go, oh, so there was a news report just then about, um, you know, the the voice uh, 
like the yes and no. Like, well, what do you feel about that, Colin? And I just feel like saying, <laughs> I am not qualified. Yeah. I am not. Um, I'm, 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 I'm a fraud. I, I, I'm a comedian. Okay, I'm not here to be a, an, uh, to to editorialize uh, what's going on in in the world. So when it comes to PG, I think, uh, um, I don't think I think the world has become a bit not PG PC. For for good reason, for, for good reason, it need it needed a shake up. It, it needed to people need to be told that that's not acceptable. Mm. Um, but I, I'm still confused about the uh, parameters and the and the and the full stop to it. Mm. It's 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 um it's, it's still it's moving all the time. How's that for diplomacy? <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. I was going to say, that's not bad. politically. But you have to be the safe space you're talking about. You do have to have, you have to be in a safe space where you're, you, you, it's a, you're allowed to have shit ideas because you, you can't just have mm. 10 great ideas. You've got to have a few shit ones to get get to the good bit and you've got to feel like you're in a in creative environment where it, um, you, you've got you've got to be able to just have shit ideas, mm-hmm. and and ha- and not not feel like you're being judged. Did you ever by feel that partner? Did you ever feel um, like a what's a fraud? The word? No, no, yes, but um, <laughs> imposter. Oh, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Not a fraud, but did you ever feel that? Uh, constantly. <laughs> um. See, let's just talk Am about I bringing you. the vibe down? Am I bringing the room down? Please. No, 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 no. It's just how truthful do I go? How, um, how, how do I extrapolate on the concept? I think in some ways the, the distinctive kind of psychological nuance about what kind of person you are does serve a positive purpose in some ways. Knowing that you think that somebody's going to come up and tap you on the shoulder all the time, just going, "All right, mate, that's enough." Mm-hmm. That okay? You think I, I think we've all had quite enough of your stupidity. If you've got that kind of feeling, it's it it does negatively affect your kind of sense of kind of spontaneity and positivity and confidence. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it keeps your feet on the ground, yeah. and it, and and it makes you uh, try a bit harder. With that idea, perhaps, and just go. No, I still don't think that that idea is good enough. Let's work on it for a bit longer. Mm-hmm. So, how did you balance both of those? Or how does one alcohol, balance? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cocaine, <laughs> quaaludes? Um, uh, I don't know. You, I, I, I think. Um, some it, it's a balancing act. Some sometimes, and that's the, the whole weirdness of performance, isn't it? Sometimes you know when people go, oh, a performer will just go, oh, I'm so shy, and you just go, you go out in front of fucking a thousand people. Mm-hmm. You're not shy, so there is, there might be shy off stage, but there is a form of confidence and 
um, guts to go out there in front of a thousand people. Yes. So it's all just it's all just a quagmire of mm. contradictions and no hard and fast rules. Keep listening. <laughs> Have it's ever- Cole's Philosophy <laughs> Hour. Have you ever suffered stage fright? Uh, when there's a fourth wall, do you know what that is? Fourth wall? Harmon. Is that a Star Trek thing? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, if, you, if, you're doing, if you're doing a play, hmm. if you're doing yeah. a play, um, you have the three walls of the set and then the fourth wall is between you and the audience. Yeah. So you can't break character and just yeah. go, oh, mate, what are you doing in the first row when you're playing, mm-hmm. you know, Abraham Lincoln, which is the first person I came up with, which is weird. Um, you can't break the fourth wall. So you have to do the script properly, the same every night. Mm-hmm. If you make a mistake, everybody just shits themselves. Mm-hmm. Everybody, the, the, the cast, the audience... The technical people, they all shit themselves. And sometimes I can get a little bit, um, not that um, I hope this is going out to any people that are casting plays or (laughs) musicals in the future, but a couple of times I have shat myself Mm. when I've had a little mind blank Mm. because when I have a mind blank with Frank, um, it rhymes, which is good, Mm. but also it's an opportunity for stupidness. That's true. But there's I, sa- safety in numbers too, isn't there, when you're doing There's play. safety in numbers, yeah. that's right. I can just go, oh, I, I can't think of what to say. And then Frank just yeah. goes, you forgot what you were going to say, mm. didn't you? And yeah. the audience goes, oh, I yeah. forgot what he was going to yeah. say. And it's um, it's uh, it's good. Do you, miss, do you miss being there? Do you miss the old uh, yourself? <laughs> <laughs> do you miss your old, My old self? self? Yeah. It's 3.59. That's that was very rude. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just wondering. You know, are you right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a bit. It's a bit like you're on a podcast and you just go, "I know all my stories. <laughs> I'm, I'm bored of myself." Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I, 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 I don't want to talk anymore. Do I miss what? You. Do you miss your old self? Uh. Yep. Do you? <laughs> 25. You're 25. 25. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Said with, I I haven't often been condescended to by a youngster and I felt condescended to just then. I'm 25, mate. Yeah. What do you you reckon? Take a wild fucking guess. Um, That's what uh, you miss. Oh, yeah, you miss the the gay abandon and... The one foot in front of the other and uh, complete unabashed fearlessness and um, spontaneity and the thrill. Because people do say that comedy is a bit like heroin, is that you go out there and you do your first best show or your first best or your first spot where you go go well and get a laugh or even the first laugh you get. And from the for the rest of your career, you're you're wanting to get that feeling again. Chase that dragon. Mm. The, the the chase the dragon. Just go. I want to feel like the first time I got a laugh. Mm. So, uh, I mean, next time we can talk about just the weirdness of how comedians can be manic depressives. 
Wow. You know, just like how, how, that's just so debilitating and awful to make so many people enjoy what you do and then off stage you're a nervous um, yes. mental wreck. It's It's so sad, isn't it? On that happy note, you've been listening to The Game of Life with Harmon and the other guy. I've been Colin Lane. I used to be a clown and now people say he's a fucking clown. Thanks for tuning in to philosophy and comedy podcasting.com.uk or .au. You talk now, say Harmon. You, say Bye, you. everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to end.